And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. If you have Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. This morning while I was taking out my iPad, I, I, I found those, that little uh, Rodney Howard Brown uh, little uh, script, script is what we call it. And I remembered that we were going to do, um, you were asked to do this. And I think Deirdre was supposed to send it to them. You did? Good. And so I'm sure one or two of you practiced in the night. And it would be a tragedy if after all your practice, I didn't give you an opportunity to come and display your hard work. Who of you went through the script in the night? Keep your hand up. Don't be afraid. Three of you. What, a sh- what did the others do? Huh? Early in the morning. Mm. The others didn't take my instruction. Wasn't there one of the points yesterday on instruction? So easily ignored. Are you feeling today? Thank you. Praise God. The Lord is good to us. Amen. Before we turn uh, to First Timothy one eighteen, or oh, let's stay there. Let's stay there. I'll come back to our main scripture. Servants armed and trained. Amen. You bless me now with the song. Very nice. You've got a bright future in the church. Yeah. I now inquired about your background, so I, I believe that you were an old BMI attendee. I don't think any of our pastors will know if the information I got was right. At Excelsior High, when we were still there. So... It shows you what the Lord can do with people that look insignificant. Ah. It's a blessing. Don't leave us again. ah. Don't leave us again. Mm. And she must get more songs, Virgil. She has the 
Yes, what do they call it? It's like, uh, if you got something, you, uh, they have the jive or something, huh? Is it the jive? The vibe. She's got the vibe. How old are you? Fifteen. She's Congolese, huh? Full bred or half bred? Mother and father's from Congo. But she understands Afrikaans. I can't believe how quick the children... The children can learn so much. So much. And that's why this morning I want to talk a little to you about the young people. And how they can become great shepherds. Great soldiers armed and trained. The older people... It's a risk, eh? <laughs> It's a risk. Sit down, dear. Is that the only song you can sing? Who gave you these songs? Beautiful. See me in my office after this. We need to talk. Amen. One Timothy one eighteen he says, This charge I commit unto thee. When I when I see this scripture I always think of Bishop uh, the golfing bishop. What's his name, Jason? Eddie Eddie. Eddie Eddie. This is his favorite scripture. Bishop Eddie Eddie. Are you tired, guys? You just look tired, huh? Some people were eating meat after 12 last night, tell you. I'm sure you had a dream or something. Angelo, is it Angelo? Huh? Angelo, did you see a vision or a dream? It's the multitude of your busyness. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. Let's first pray. Father, we give this session to you. We give this whole camp to you. Thank you for visiting us and teaching us by your spirit in Jesus name amen I bring greetings from Bishop Dag I sent him some of the pictures that they took off the first day you know and I just told him I'm teaching pa it's a Ghanaian way of saying I don't know what there's kora and there's pa you have to use it at the right times, you know. I think Kora is when something bad happens. And Pa is when something good happens. And so we replied. Yeah, he said, wow. He said it's one of the greatest gifts you can have. It's the gift of teaching. There are many gifts, but that one. He said it's one of the greatest gifts. The gift to teach. Hello? Load shedding. Thank God we have a generator, isn't it? But I, I mean, the service, this, this wall is not that big. I could even get away with talking without this, but this is for recording and for sending it out on the radio. You can switch off while I'm talking, it's not a problem. So if you are listening on radio, is it already off?
clearly. As I really tell you. You see, when, when there's clear communication, then you take away confusion. And confusion is demonic. Oh, yes. God is not the author of confusion. The Bible says it very clearly. Whenever demons like to cause confusion, because there's mayhem, Bishop Dag always refers to the movie where eagles dare. What is that sign? I'm back on. We just apologize for you if you were listening to the radio. That short interruption was a power change. We are streaming live from South Africa. The country where load shedding is in different phases and stages. We have not yet reached stage eight. We Eskom fetched the candle that they gave you in your house. We thank the, I think we're on level two, stage two or something. Amen. There's a movie called Where Eagles Dare. And at the end of the movie, these three, Clint Eastwood is in the movie, Richard Burton, great actors in the movie. So they have to escape. It's one of the movies Bishop Derek really likes, Where Eagles Dare. There are two things he takes from the movie. The one where Clint Eastwood comes and sees that they must go to that castle. I don't know what it was they had to go and do there, but there was something they had to go and do right up in the castle. So when he sees where they must go, that's the, that's the slogan, this term, somebody's got to be crazy. It's that thing. Somebody's got to be crazy. So they use it often in their language. It's wonderful, isn't it? The second one is when, when they are there, eventually they have to come out. You see, but the Germans are then, it's an American, a British, they come to then the Germans are then alerted to, the, um, to them being there. So the, what they do is, they, Clint Eastwood goes and plants many bombs all over the place. And as they try to escape, the bombs start going off. You see? And it causes what? Confusion. Hey, Germans are running left, right, and center. And in the confusion, they can escape because there's no order, there's no control, there's no calmness. There's no clear communication. And they, they finally make their escape through all this confusion. He always uses that, that movie to describe confusion and how the enemy works. Do you see? So that's why I'm always, it's an issue for me. Speak clearly. Make yourself clear. Not one word answers, proper answers. All right? Amen. Amen. Amen? Beautiful. All right, everybody's back. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Amen. That you might war a good warfare. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about some areas, some important areas that you must develop as a shepherd or as a servant, servant armed and trained. Some core areas for the development of a shepherd. And once again, as I did yesterday, I want to tell you that many of the things I will be saying comes from this wonderful book, The Art of Shepherding. 
Amen. Amen. The art of shepherding. Look, let me tell you something. I did, Dr. Tips, if, if you see a patient and you explain to the patient what is wrong with the eye, which is your profession, isn't it? You don't necessarily tell the patient. What I'm telling you now, I read in my fourth year in the Anatomy of the Body by Burgundy and uh, Van Reinstorp. But no. you actually did. You see, your knowledge of, of what you are doing, you found in books. True. When you stand, when you must do something, represent somebody, defend them, you, 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 you can't, you, 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 what you are doing and how to do it didn't fall from the sky. No you learned it in books. I did. You can even still remember your textbooks that you used at university, isn't it? Yes, Pastor. Yeah. I have a textbook called Systematic Geography. I remember it. It was a white cover with red lines. I hated that book. It was very thick. Because I was a geography major. And then we did snow, uh, ice and snow. It was a very complicated. I didn't even understand what I'm reading. Do you understand? But I remember, I think I still have it at my house. A textbook. How, how an avalanche starts. You know, how, how snow falls down a mountain. It's very complicated. You people don't understand anything. What happens to the ice crystals and all this old story. But it's, there's nothing that we do or say that just fall from the sky. It's from books. It's only because we are godly, we're honest to tell you that this is where we learn this from, and this is where we learn this from, and this is where we learn this from. I want you to use your common sense, if, if there's any, and see that books are important. Amen? Amen. You may sit down, you two. Now, actually... And I'll probably get to it at the end. You see, to, to train a servant, a, a, a three-day camp is just the start. The really trained servants will be those who, who digest the works, ministry works. This is how to do ministry. I think, I think if, if you must basically describe Bishop Dagg's mission, is how to do the work of God, isn't it? How to do the work of God. A great what to do. What happened here? Somebody urinated on the floor. It looks like <laughs> green. Huh? You must keep your bottles and stuff closed. Huh? What is this Red Bull stuff? He said to keep you awake. Huh? Listen, those things are not healthy. You're supposed to be teaching people. Those things are very unhealthy. Isn't it highly caffeine? Very high caffeine huh? and sugar. Yes, Pastor Chris, not healthy. I encourage you people not to drink those things. Bevan is one of the big culprits. <laughs> I 
I heard about I first had Red Bull. Pastor Charlie used to take a Red Bull before he played soccer because he, he, he never trained, he never exercised. <laughs> and then he thought, was it you or who was it? Pastor Clint, sorry, sorry. It was Pastor Clint, not Pastor Charlie. My brother, Pastor Clint. He was lazy, never exercised, nothing. He just said, give me a Red Bull. I said, why? He said, it gives you wings. Huh? But then I also tasted it. It's not. So leave this Chinese and dragon stuff. It's not healthy. Is it Julie that sells it? Is it like a drug or what? Huh? Addiction. Anything that's an addiction is not, it's not Christian. You know? Like that. I think it's also lots of sugar, isn't it? And sugar is not good for the body. So please, a good pastor is concerned of the total well-being of his members. Not just that they must come to church and give their tithes. He's also concerned what they drink and what they eat. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, take a little bit of wine for your stomach also. Because you have a little bit of stomach cramps, but this wine is just a tot. It's good for you. It's not a medicine. He was giving him a medicine. Huh? Isn't it wonderful to be like a pastor that's concerned about what you eat or drink? Yesterday I was teaching the brothers. Because there was a brother with a very big steak. <laughs> and the steak was closed in plastic. You know that real vacuum pack. Ah. But I could see this brother is protruding from the steaks. Anyway, let me get back to what I should be doing. So don't be offended if I'm guiding you. Huh? I'm just trying to help you. What is a good alternative to drink besides that? Energy. Power. Lots of water. In all honesty, it's water, Pastor Chris, and eating healthy, taking your supplements. That gives you energy. And exercising. <laughs> hmm? Anyway, so I'm teaching out of this book. And that's why I wanted to, if you want to, you need, these are books. If you want to be a servant arm, then the book is the key. That is what I was trying to get to. All right? And not just say, okay, for this weekend we were uh, trained. It's, it's, it's only an introduction to your training. I was on a crusade ground one day. And there was a stage when Bishop Dag was doing South African crusades. And I was trying to go to almost all of them. And, and, and there's a custom that after the crusade, he would sit and answer questions for the pastors that were involved in the organization, bringing their people. So then they sit on the stage or behind the stage. And then, because I'm a board member, I was allowed also to always join after. So one guy stood up and said, he's got one question he wants to ask Bishop Dan. Out of everything that he's been teaching and preaching and, and, and everything. What, what would we say in a nutshell? Just in a nutshell. What is the main thing that they can take from his ministry? What is the, the main thing? And, 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 and how 
It's almost like, what, what is the main thing that can explain how we can accomplish the things you've accomplished? Do you understand? And he looked at the guy, and he looked at me, and he started smiling. Then he said, in a nutshell. I said, guys, no, no, don't, don't have to explain. Like, guys was feeling apologetic because, you know, there's many people asking questions. So he didn't want to have a long answer, but you just tell me, just tell me in a nutshell. He kept repeating the word, what? Nutshell. And then Bishop said to him, in a nutshell, read the books. That's all I can tell you. And that's how you will be able to do what I'm doing. Read the books. Amen? Amen. Read the books. So I also give that to you, please. And I also always find that when we did these pastors' conferences in the mornings, one of the major thrusts in the mornings was to try to get everybody to understand the information is in the books. This session is not enough to train you. It's to introduce you to the training manuals. Are you understanding? And if you use the manuals, you will start to become invincible. Is this gun loaded with water? Are you sure? Because it was lying here yesterday. Yeah. I think it, 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 get it ready, cock, cock, cock the gun, cock the gun, yeah, because I see some people sleeping here on my right hand side. I don't know why you feel tired, I don't feel tired, and I was here with you last night. When I left, did you go sleep? That's the problem, that's the problem. All right, now. What are the areas that you must develop? Number one, the servants armed and trained must develop the ability to fight. Amen? You must develop the ability to fight. Ministry is not easy. We want you to join the ministry. We need you to join the ministry. We need you to help to build the work of God. But we have to be honest with you and tell you that it's not easy. Uh, if you can't fight. And that's why I think my, 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 my interest in fighting. Fighting doesn't have to be uh, to harm people. It's also like a, a sport, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a sport. Boxing is a sport. Karate is a sport. And all these things are sports. But it can aid you in the day of a diaskoli trying to take off your stuff. Then, then you can use your sport also. Huh? Ministry is a very honorable service to God. However, being in the ministry implies the reality of serving like in a campaign, in a military campaign, a military campaign. You're like a soldier in a war. Amen? So if you say ministry, it's the same thing like being at war. And I think this is one of the big emphasis of the bishop or my pastor. He tries to tell us all the time, ministry is a warfare. And pastors who don't agree with that, you see, 
you can see how the enemy really makes havoc of their churches or prevents their ministries from growing because number one, they don't have the mindset that, are you feeling sick? Are you sure? You don't look good. Huh? You don't look so good, huh? <laughs> Do you know the story of you don't look so good? Huh? You were sick? Are you just tired? What time did you go to sleep? Up past ten. Oh, but she doesn't look good. All right. Anyway, no, let me not tell stories. It's all nonsense. Later I'll tell you, but you don't, don't look so good. <laughs> it's, a doubt, it's a doubt story. Uh, you have to see ministry as a war. You see, and that's why this is a great book. One of the best books you can ever get on, on warfare. It's like a study on the wars, First World, Second War, and also what makes, what makes you win wars. You know, there was a pastor that joined our church many years ago, or not joined our church, but started to connect to me. And his church wasn't working. He had been a pastor for many years, and he had a few people in his church. And he was renting here, renting there, just wasn't working. And his father was a, actually a very great pastor in, a, in the uh, AFM, what's it called? Apostolic Faith Mission. But he himself was only like, you know, running on the reputation of his father. But the, his ministry wasn't working at all. So when he, he wanted to send his children also to join my church because he thought that here's a ministry that's really doing well. But because their minds weren't well developed or they weren't trained properly as servants, they couldn't really fit into the system. So they tried to tell me that I mustn't get involved in this and this and this. You know, I'm too opposite, like you would say. So I must sit down and they will see to this and this and this. I said, no, 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 it's not my style. I can't let you run this and this and that. I run this and this and that. And you just take instruction from me what to do. Then later the old man came and said, this pastor, he's a general. When I, re when I see this book, I always remember his words. I said, this is not a pastor, it is a general. It is a general. He wanted to be a general, but he didn't know what, 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 what it entails. Are you with me? So, this is a book on warfare, but it's actually not. It's a book on leadership. It's actually part two of the art of leadership. Are you with me? How to do ministry. Yeah? And I, I can see this also, LP Maria. Many of the pastors who follow me or would like to have what I have. I have many pastors. They are just one beautiful group of pastors. There's a lot of them, but their ministries are not reaching any levels of success. Because you see, this, this to be a, a, a leader of a small group, a cell group, a, minister, a fellowship, uh, a department, a church, it's war. 
And if you joke about it, it, it won't work. People will come and go as they want and do as they want. And there's chaos. There's no order. There's no discipline. You need to see, he says, I commit unto thee, Timothy, my son, that the prophecies, according to the prophecies, that by them you must, you, there's already prophecies on you, but you must use it and fight a good warfare. Amen? So you must have the ability to fight. You become a target for the enemy who hates you. You become the discussion of wicked spirits of whose one goal is to extinguish your light. But you must learn to fight and you must fight well. Hallelujah. Can we open this door? Is it possible or is it cold? Huh? It's nice because I'm, I'm, I'm also preaching and I'm fighting. This is a, I'm fighting a war now about, against sleeping giants here. So I must, oh, is it because of the noise? Generator. Beautiful. Amen. You must learn to fight and fight well. Don't give up or retreat at all. If you are a clean gevoelig, you can't be in the church. You know? If you're leading a cell group, if you're leading any groups of people, or any church for that matter. Some years ago, we were really on the ball when we started planting churches and venues and it's, it's COVID that came and just put breaks on so many things. But I trust the Lord that we will break through because our name is Breakthrough and start planting more churches. That means I must take people like you and tell you, go and, and be the, the, the leader there. You see, then these things that I'm teaching you now, they really need to come into existence. Like you must be a fighter and you must fight well. Because you must find the venue. You must hire the venue and the people come with this and that nonsense. And this day, then there's a party. Then the place is dirty. Then you must learn to be apologetic. And then you get tired of being apologetic. Then you, the next day you say, Nah, man, I can't go to the hospital. I'm going to go to the hospital. And then somebody's rude to you because he's not a Christian and he's not part of your organization and now you must handle it and da, da, da. Then people accuse you, uh, the church broke this, the church broke that. And you must go and fight. I, I had to sit in many meetings with school principals or wherever we rented. Ah. In, Del, in, in West Bank, we were renting a venue there. Hey, the people overcharged us. Then they took our chairs away. And, then they just, and I was telling the leader that you must be strong. You can't just say, oh, they locked up our stuff. We came there. We couldn't come in. We pay. <laughs> yeah, you people that are coming here, sitting in a church, you don't have any of these things that I'm talking about because you have not yet stepped into that level of leadership. But once I tell you, run that church for me there. It comes with many things. Venue, meeting. Then I must train you the skill. Make friends with the caretaker. Da, 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 da. You see? Or oh, sometimes you must look at that time. Ah, sometimes I say, oh, you know, I appreciate you uh, for staying that extra minutes. Buy your wife something nice. It's all skills of ministry. 
So now I'm not, he's not chasing you. Makla, 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 makla. Ah, that 50 rand you gave him. He can just wait another few minutes and give you time to. It's all skills of, of leadership. Where to meet, what to do. You come as a home leader, you must use somebody's house. The people are rude. Ah, you sitting in having cell, people are walking up and down here, um, making comments, doing things. A strong leader will stand up and say, sorry, sorry, who is the owner of this house? Can I speak to the owner of this house? Say, uh, sir, tell me, for this one hour, we would really appreciate just a little bit of quietness. If you can talk to the, the people who live here with you, you know. We won't be long. We just give us this hour. Respect God. Respect. So many things. Then they say, no, get out of here. You say, all right, get out of here. I don't want to say more, but more things. <laughs> so you, <laughs> now you must find another venue. You cannot come back and say, ah, pastor, die ding het die gewekie, pastor. You must make it work. You know, Bishop Dagson, Joshua, he's a lawyer by profession. He studied in England. So he finished his law degree and he was accepted into the bar. But suddenly, Bishop Dag didn't think that his children would get involved in ministry. Because, I don't know, the devil was trying to attack him from many sides. But then suddenly Joshua said, Daddy, the Lord is talking to me. I think it was a camp. He normally says he heard his father preach on a camp. Then he decided, I'm going to leave my profession as a lawyer. I'm going to come work with my father in the ministry. So Bishop said, all right, that's good. You can come. So after, Bishop kept working and doing things. And eventually he came to see his father. He said, Daddy, so where must I start? What church can I, can I start to pastor? Where? How? Where, where, where's, where, where can I have a venue? Or Bishop said, what? Start where? Go find a tree somewhere and start. A tree? Start under a tree. That's how we all started. And make it work. And he went and he found a tree. And he started to gather his first three souls. It was only later that his father said, okay, come, work in the first love. Now he's the, the bishop of the first love church. Uh, one day when he comes, he's coming to preach for us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him to tell that story. Remind me when he's here. Tell me when your daddy said, go preach under a tree. I heard his father explain this thing. You see, brother, all of you, that is why we have this great cry for real soldiers, men. You know, strong men that can lead their wives. The Bible says of Abram, God knew that he could use Abram because he could command his household after him. It's a very, find that scripture there, those sleeping guys at the back there. One of the reasons God could use Abram, because Abram commanded Sarah and he commanded his household, his servants, his flock. He was the guy who trained the servants to make war. Now, don't look at Abram as just a guy with a beard waiting for you at heaven's gates. Father Abram had many sons. The guy was a warrior, Charlie. The guy was a man of war. Hmm? He drove on the wars and they went and made war. Defeated many kings. 
For I know him. He will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Wives don't like it if men are like, like generals. They don't like it. They like to control their husbands. Hmm? And the husbands, they, don't, they just want peace. So they give in and they let the wives control. Lucifer Bacleini. This, this, you see, wickedness. Listen, let me talk to the ladies. Wickedness and beastliness is two words that you don't want to use to describe a woman. I mean, when you talk about a woman, you talk about softness, isn't it? Gentleness, loveliness. What else? Give me some adjectives. Kindness, meekness, sweetness, sweetness. That's why some men call their wife sweetie pie. Ah, honey, honey. You know what, honey? Honey is sweet. Bishop Dag, in many of his writings, and I don't see that books there. I think it was purposefully not put here. The Beauty, the Beast, and the Pastor. That's one. Then there's another one called Jezebel, Woman Out of Order. And there's another one, uh, those who are mad, but it's coming. Yeah, the beauty, the beast, and the pastor. Okay, 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 okay. No, I'm just, I'm just here to guide you and to help you. But I'm talking about, I'm not actually talking about women. I'm talking about men that can't fight wars. That's what I'm talking about. And the woman can't help it. She's cursed. She's cursed to try to upset the authority of a man. She's cursed in Genesis. Your desire shall be for your husband, but he shall rule over thee. So the desire to rule, to control, is there from the curse. The original intent was husband and wife would live in peace together. Adam would be the one of dominion. He would name the animals. He would also name his wife. The man that's naming is the man in authority. Uh -huh. So she would work with him and become his yalpa. That's God's ordained order. Now, after the fall, everything is chaotic. Uh -huh. Children are not born without pain, without death, stillborns. Hey, that's already chaos. Man works hard for little money. Because the earth is not giving forth the fruit like it used to. The earth is cursed. Donker, it donker terug for die bitchy geal. Hm? Met twee keer dink as hy wil die kinders vat. Na McDonald's toe, want sy week ook uit hier. Daar is die hele tekstje vee vir die week. Na hy los ma. Then the woman comes. The one that's supposed to be soft, gentle. So Bishop uses the term beastly woman. Wicked woman. The one woman was described as, you know, when they take control, the control is in different forms. Subtleness, outright control, or in between the two, you know. So the one woman was 
the woman decides when, you can, when the husband can have sex or not sex. It's not the husband's decision, the wife's decision. But the husband also needs sex. It's part of his anatomy. The doctor will explain to you how it works. His testosterone is building up, so he has to have a release somewhere. But the wife decides if he behaves well, he can get. If he doesn't, he gets punished. Hey! Yeah. And so there's one wife, she made a chart, a pie chart, that you swing, then there's an arrow. The chart is there and there's an arrow. So the arrow goes around. And then the whole chart says no sex. <laughs> but there's a small part, like, like a little V, that's it's green, sex, the, reds, the rest is red. So as he spins the arrow, every time it falls on, no sex. She says, go sleep. If he's lucky, a snowball sounds in the hell, it ends in the green. Say, all right, just wait, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm ready. Then when it's his birthday, she says, today you can swing twice. <laughs> wicked woman, wicked, wicked. Wouldn't you agree to wicked woman? Now listen here, listen to me. I'm a pastor. I counsel people. So a lot of my stories and a lot of my truths I get from the people. And you will not believe that this story is not a joke. Yeah. It's a common happening. Oh yeah. Just because of the, 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 the what do you confidentiality, legal confidentiality. I won't tell you the people, but here, right here amongst us. Husbands and wives sleep together for months, no sex. Sex is a common thing between a husband and wife. It's how God ordained us. How God made us. But it is. A wife decides. A wife. Are you recording? Oh, okay. I rate it is recorded, so. What can I do? What do we do? So that's the one battle, the husband, the domestic battle. There's many battles. One teaching I do is the four battles a man must fight. Is that the one at home? You can't win that one. You you not you not. I don't think you can be a good pastor. You'll be a pastor. You'll be a small pastor, small little church, but you won't be a general. And when I say general, of course, you don't have to oppress your wife uh, the other extreme you don't have to do that but still you, 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 you need to everybody needs to know who's the daddy who's your daddy So I'm praying that the, the girls and the young girls that will still get married, as you're listening to me, learn now that what is not biblical and what is not correct, you know, because in our cultures, even in church, you can be born again, AFM, Assemblies of God, you, the woman misbehave. And because the husbands are not real fighters or strong soldiers, uh, they also just become... Like they are. 
weaklings. Weaklings. If you can't lead your house, put that scripture on. If you can't lead your house, you mustn't lead in the house of God. I'm talking about fighting, okay? I'm talking about the skills of a shepherd. The skills of a shepherd. Then you get the others. Uh, just give me a scripture. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the house of God? Is it in the Bible? It's in the Bible. How can he take care? A small battle you can't win. You want to have a, an enlarged cell group. Hmm? An enlarged church, an enlarged branch. But this one battle you can't win. Conflict is unavoidable. Conflict is unavoidable. It will happen. You must choose the mountain upon which you die. You can't fight any fight, any battle. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you, men must be oppressive. You, sometimes you give the wife a bit of room for madness. Okay. Give yourself small, small space. Perform a little, go on. But it's only till this far. Only till this far. Are you hearing me, men? Say, so, okay. We give you. You have no stick, my body is. My body is what you have I give you space till this far. Pull your face right. Pull your face right. Smile. Because the world is aching. Smile. Though your heart is breaking. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Are you going to be a nice wife for your husband? Sometimes, unfortunately, women marry... Uh, onky funky men, pop men. Because what happens also in the house where they grow up, they saw their fathers being dogs with no teeth. You see. So the fathers also teaching them. Ach, ze moet maar vir jou vrou maar ingee, want sy weet. Oh, a happy wife. A happy wife is a happy life, brother. Los my no crap Woman out of order. It's, it's in the, the hundred books we sent you. Woman out of order. Jesse Bell, woman out of order. Whenever you hear the word order, you think of an army, isn't it? Because I'm telling you, the first thing that the leader must do well is fight. 
They must fight the war. You can't fight the war with a confused army. They must know their ranks. They must know where they are. They must know their positions. You coming from that side. You coming from that side. When I give the command, we attack. It's just a symbolism of being a general. Is it not yet out? I have the book. On PDF. Jesse Bell. I think there are women that's working behind the scenes blocking, <laughs> blocking this book from being released. Look, we live in a cursed world. Eh? The husband is not what he, sh- what he was before the fall. Neither is the wife. So you have two imperfect people trying to live together. It's not easy. Bishop Dag describes it like this. It's two cars going down the highway. One shot a piston and one blew a gasket. And so they're going like this. <laughs> and the two of you must live happily ever. It's not always easy. So we give one another space for mistakes. For steam blowing off a little bit. Hmm? But at the end of the day, there must be a type of general order. And the husband must gain his authority back. There were two pastors who wrote a book on fatherhood. And they were explaining how powerful it must be. And then there were questions. And I wasn't supposed to ask a question because I'm part of the executive. But I just thought, I can't keep it in any longer. So I said, so this thing of fatherhood, you want to restore the fathers in the communities. What role does the woman play? And they didn't know what to say. They never thought of it. They thought they can just restore fatherhood without the battle of addressing the woman. That's the fight. Yeah, the men have missed their duties. They're not performing well. But there are many reasons why we have this thing. And one of the main reasons is the woman. Oh, yes. That was the problem of Ahab. That's why Jezebel is Ahab's wife. And Ahab's failure is because he was led by this woman. Jezebel told him what to do when it wasn't the right thing to do. Mercy. Are you going to fight a good warfare? By the prophecies that went on before the yeah. Now let me help the women that have uh, what do you call these men? No, there was another word we used to use. Kogelman. Kogelman. Kogelbergers hier om my draai. So dit is a kogelman. Hy is papa, hy is maar net phlegmatic. Some men are phlegmatics. They take long to fix things in the house. They like to sit on the settee and just watch soccer or rugby or cricket and read the newspaper and have their coffee and they don't do much. <laughs> well, there's a woman just uh, uh, in the Bible she, she had a husband called Nabal, Abigail. 
And if you read her story, you can see how you must deal with a foolish man. They are foolish men. And I think many ladies here would agree that maybe their husband falls into that category. Kurdish, Kurdish, or Kurdish. What's that word they use there in the King James? Kurdish, a Kurdish man, a foolish man. But through her wisdom, she shows the ladies how to deal with a foolish man. So it's also a little book, we don't have it here. Abigailism. And I don't even know if it's one of the books in the Macarios. Huh? What of the ladies have not read that book before? Abigailism. Put up your hand. Abigailism. Okay, do me a favor. Right? The bookshop. I don't even. Where's Mo? I don't even know. Would they have some at the bookshop? Yeah, get, get from Orisha the few little ones that's left. Abigailism. I have it on my iPad, so I don't know how they can take it from there. The IT guys, I don't know if we have that knowledge. Then they can give it to you. Have you read it? Huh? But we can give it to you on PDF. Free. You like free things, no? It shows you if your husband is like, it's not liquor. Some, some of you married wrong. Because you didn't listen to your parents. But there is a way to even deal with a curlish man. You understand? And she didn't, she did it in the beauty. And the Lord delivered her from this man. He died. Then she married David. She was one of the wives of David. Abigail. Abigailism. Beautiful. Because you see, women will always point, women will always point to the husband being the problem why they are misbehaving. But Abigail didn't do that. Abigail didn't use the husband as an excuse. Yeah, pastor, my mother stand me, man. I so and I so and I so. No, 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 no. Anyway, that's only the first point. Okay, so fight a good fight. So let's make a plan, and then you get the book. Let me see the hands again. Who never read it? I see a vonani. <laughs> and this side? Yalla only bookshop, ma yalla tanya si khud khalisi. Yalla muti khud list also man. Somebody sell books, but they don't. It's like somebody sell fish and chips, but they don't eat fish and chips. <laughs> Forgive. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Number two. Shepherds must not just develop the ability to fight or let's say servants armed and trained. Servants must also develop the, their conscience. Servants armed and trained. Or we call shepherds. Daughter, you can make it. Oh, it's in there. So they've added Abigailism to this book now. Jason is just showing me. So you, if you got this book on your computer, who's got this book? Daughter, you can make it. This book we can forward to all of you on your phones. Or whatever tablet or computer you have. All right? Daughter, you can make it. They've added the book of Abigailism in there. It's wonderful. And I'm sure 
with my wife now being full-time, she's going to have more ladies' events. And these are the things you guys will also discuss at those events. Jamie them and the other pastors can all help to teach. Wonderful, isn't it? I'm sure one of the days we'll bring ma'am, Bishop Dag's wife also to us, to our church. It's easy. She, likes, she really likes me, that lady. I mean, all good people like me. So I must just convince her in a year. But when we are ready, the place, there's still a lot to do to make the place nicer. So she's a very grand woman. My wife did say she's the, example, the exemplary first lady. Like this is the highest level of first lady. The way she's dressed, the way she comes in, the way the assistants help her, it's just so nice. And she likes me a lot. She's Holy Ghost filled and full of the Spirit, so she likes me a lot. It's you that's not full of the Spirit, full of devils. You have a problem with me. Amen. Now, the second step in your development as a leader and a trainer is your consciousness. You need to develop it. You need to develop the ability to fight for your church to be established in an area. Then you must develop your conscience. 1 Timothy 1 verse 5. It says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. 1 Timothy 1 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience. What is the conscience? The conscience is the still small voice that speaks from within, warning you about right and wrong. Do you all understand? We're not sure if it's really the voice of the spirit or the voice of the soul. We won't go into that. But what we do know, it is a warning light from within inside that lets you know when you are doing something wrong. So having a good conscience is like having a good warning system inside of you. A warning system, a light that goes off. It's like when my car, I was just explaining to Johan now, that when my car reverses, and many cars here probably have what we call a, a warning system, park distance sensor. So you are too close, you are close to making an accident. You are close to bumping the car, so it starts to warn you, beep, 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 beep. Now, if you don't have that in your, if your car is too old to have a warning system, then your chances are great of knocking the car because you can't really see how close you are to danger. Hey, it's a good preaching. This, this, this uh, truck we bought or this bucket didn't have distance sensors because it wasn't the high level, but I, had put, I put it in. I said, how much is it? So I said, add it, make, make it work so that I can be warned every time when I'm going to knock this thing. And not just me, other, my other family might just be driving it so that there's warning lights. It's, all, it's in the front, at the back, all over, it's shouting. Hmm? Whose car doesn't have something like that? Whose car has it? Who doesn't have a car? 
you'll be getting a car soon. In Jesus' name. With, with a warning system. With a warning system. With a warning system. In Joe Baba, who have you saw Joe Baba? The one guy, he was arguing with this woman, so he said, Die vrouw is so bad luck. Sy loop net voorbij my kar, a gaat die alarm af. And then while the people were laughing, he said, in die snaakste ding is my kar, het is an alarm. Having a good conscience is like having a sensitive warning system deep inside of you. If you set aside this warning system, you will expose yourself to many dangers. Amen. And when the tsunami came and the waters splashed over many parts of the specific ocean and small islands, they realized the warning system didn't prepare the people. To run to higher ground. And then after that they started putting in the surface and in the sea warning systems. That can prepare the people to say there's danger coming. Are you listening? So your, your, your conscience is like that tsunami warning system that can be more or less sensitive. And the more sensitive your conscience is, the more you will confess your sins. You know, and pray for mercy all the time. But the less sensitive you are, the fewer things you will confess. Are you hearing? If your conscience is not sensitive, then the word is, it's hard. It's hardened. Like, like, like feet that has calluses on. With harde voete. Die olie weekie, you see. Die olie weekie. Het word vir a greine gebruik, vir a greine. Sending this. No man mag sikke voet het, maar sy vrou sikke voet het. Now that's how your conscience is. It becomes hardened and callous. You see? Calluses are found on the feet, isn't it? Yeah. You, you don't become sensitive anymore. You, you, you become callous and hard. And what happens is that the, the sin that you commit, your conscience isn't pricking you anymore. So you just regularly do it. Like say you have a problem with pornography. In the beginning you watch it and you, and you start, your conscience is like, yay, this thing is not right. Must put it off. But now tomorrow you go again and again and again. And you lose the sensitivity to this wrong thing. Even when you pray, you don't even confess this thing. Listen, let me tell you. The more spiritual you get and the higher you want to get to God, the more every little sin is highlighted in your, in your consciousness. So when you pray, you're always confessing sin. Yeah. Oh Lord. 
you, you can't rush over that part. It's like people rush into praying for this and that, but you praying, but it's here, man. Oh, Lord, I've, I've, I've made many mistakes. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive my sin of prayerlessness. Ah. My sin of being hard, in compassion, so many things. But if you don't have such a heart, then you become callous and then you do, you repeat this. And that's maybe fornication. Many of, of the Christian people are having sex and they're not married. They shouldn't do it. But it's, it doesn't bother them anymore because their conscience is not sensitive anymore. It's just normal. Mercy. But if you want to be a real soldier for the Lord, your conscience must be trained. Hmm? Look at this. First Timothy 1.19. I'm just in Timothy a lot. First Timothy 1.19. You can see from the scripture that these two guys put aside a good conscience and they shipwreck their faith. Holding faith and a good conscience which have some put aside away Concerning faith have made shipwreck of whom is these two, Hymenaeus and Alexander. And I delivered them unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Paul mentioned these two, and he mentioned a few, Alexander the coppersmith, but he mentioned them here again. This two, he says, they have made shipwreck of their faith. Because they put aside a good... Go to verse 19 again, please, man. They put aside a good conscience. Can you see? Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away. They feel you slecht to drink wine. It's December. Now we're parting. Is there no conscience in you? That this is not what a child of God does. I was so surprised at so many of my people. And I made a joke. Maybe I shouldn't have made that joke. And I said, it's now December, please. Let's stay Christians. I... One lady, when we started the work some years ago, she got drunk in December. She was a, we, she was a leader of one of the ministries. So I heard the story how drunk she was because it was like a culture of places, you know. And then I didn't, I, I said, no, then she can't be the leader for the new year. So we were preparing. That time I still did a lot of unnecessary work. Did a whole book of the leadership. And then I removed the name. And then somebody in the system went to go and tell her, hey, your name is removed because they found you under the, under the, the vineyard. <laughs> and she was so upset that we had removed her. From her leadership position. Because she didn't find it so big a problem to be drunk in December. 
Because in December, everybody is drunk in Chestnut Place. You have shipwrecked the faith. Because your conscience is too hard. They bring scanner op die naam van die Heere. You are the reason why others don't want to come to Jesus because they say, it like bekeer and so? Like bekeer and so? Your best testimony is your life. So if you want to be a servant armed and trained, you can't tell me that in Leiden we do this. In, in, in suburban at Garmasu. When I started my work, I had a lot of, I don't know why, Chestnut Place was a place that we drew most of our first members from. Then they have culture there. You know what culture is? The way we do things there. Fighting, running around with bare breasts. As uh, a fight and strict, come low, come low, come low. And everybody runs. Hey, it's a fight! It's a fight! Yay! Yay! Slatam! Slatam! Then my believers are also there. Those that's going to have homes here tomorrow night. Slatam! 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 And the West Bank Huh? I stand in your homes here. No Christians! When you come to Jesus, you must change. That's the main thing about being a, a child of God. There's a change. Oh, what a change. What a change he has brought to my life. Amen. Can't do the same things. If you beat your wife, you, you can't. You must stop beating your wife. You smoke cigarettes, you must stop. If you drink with friends and sit on the palaces, you must stop. If you used to run down for fights, you can't stop doing that. It's a sacrifice to being a Christian. Hmm? But your conscience must prick you. You're, otherwise, you shipwreck the faith. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make, be careful to maintain this good conscience. Be over apologetic rather than to be over righteous. Amen. Number three, you must also develop as a shepherd and as a servant armed and trained godliness. Amen. Godliness. Pastors must develop themselves to be more like God. 1 Timothy 6.11 1 Timothy 6.11 But now, this is the letter to one of his, servers, his, his, his sons. Paul's letter, he's explaining to him how to do church. He says, be thou a man of God. Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience and meekness. Amen. Develop yourself to be more godly. Beautiful spiritual characteristics is what God is. What, how, is how is Jehovah? Jehovah is holy. Ah, he embodies beautiful spiritual characteristics like faith, love, patience, meekness. And even though these qualities don't sound powerful, 
and even attractive, but they are the most important things that must develop in your spiritual lives. Holiness, righteousness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Amen. And God is busy transforming us into the image of His Son. He's busy changing us. Our destiny is not success and fame. Our destiny is to develop into the image of His Son. Hallelujah. This is from Romans 8 verse 29. Look what it says. It says, For whom He did for you, He predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son. The image of His Son. Number four. Shepherds and servants armed and trained must have spiritual pursuits. Spiritual pursuits. P-U-R-S-U-I-T-S. Spiritual pursuits. 1 Timothy 6.11 Flee these things, O man of God. Flee these things. Mm. Yesterday you all came for work. Pray for work. That is a good thing. But that is the physical part and the natural part. You can also pursue not just jobs and money, but spiritual things. Yeah. Pray for things like humility. Pray for things like love and holiness. That's why in our prayer topics on track prayer or anything we see, we don't focus on the things we need for our physical lives, but more humility. We pray long about humility and the Holy Spirit. Love and holiness. Amen. And you'll see this is very important. That we know the love of God and pursuing spiritual things. And it will bring you to a greater life. You see, and all these other things will be added unto you. Money, uh, material things, if you pursue spiritual things. Hallelujah. The Lord knows you need all these things. Matthew 6 verse 33. Seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness. Seek those things. Pursue righteousness. And these things shall be added unto you. Glory to God. Then number five. You must develop your gifts. What are the core things you must develop. As a servant armed and trained. Or servant armed and dangerous. With a particular set of skills. Develop your gift. Hmm. You must work hard at your gift. Sometimes people don't know, is, does Pastor Chris have a gift or is it just that he works hard? That's the confusion. But it's a good confusion. You must work hard at your gifts. Give yourself holy so that your gift can work well. Work so that your gift is exposed. Bishop actually talks about, say you have the gift of preaching or teaching then you must teach a lot. It's just the minimum you must preach is one, once a week. So that all of you that are in cells, you have at least once a week where you're standing there for 20 minutes, you are preaching. It's just the minimum, but your, your goal must be seven times a week. It's something that is saying now a lot in the last few days. Because 
There's something supernatural that happens when you are preaching and teaching. Even if, like I'm standing here, this can seem like an insignificant transaction taking place, but it's very spiritual. I'm teaching, my gift is in operation, the gift of teaching. You are receiving, and the Spirit falls on you as I'm speaking to you. It's a very spiritual transaction. So the more, I must try to find more opportunities to be preaching and teaching and show you. Preaching and teaching, though foolish to the world, is great for God. So cell groups or any gatherings where you can be taking the Bible and teaching. Because whenever you teach, you learn more than the people you are teaching. Because you have to prepare, you have to say it, you have to understand it. I'll tell you. So don't, don't, don't find yourself sitting all the time, sitting all the time, sitting. It's good now, you're sitting now. But then when I'm done with you, you must be teaching. Don't be afraid of mistakes and stuff. Organize for you some people to sit down. <laughs> yeah, I was 14 years old when I preached my first sermon in Ravensmead. I just had the desire to teach or preach and organize myself. Put on a thick duffel coat with a Bible in the hot summer. Yeah, because I saw the evangelists, when they preach, they always put on a coat after. But that was so that they don't get cold. You know, it was in the winter, and they can, and they can get sick. So when you preach, you sweat, and then they put on. So I thought they must have a duffer coat. So I was walking down the road with a duffer coat with a short pants. And my brother, Pastor Clint, he was my armor bearer. He carried the Bible. It was a big Bible. We didn't have iPads. Or, there's nothing like phones. It was in the 70s. No, maybe in the 80s, early 80s. I said to him, I feel to preach. Organize me a preaching campaign. And up till today, I mean, he has so much respect for me and my brother. He organized it. He got his two Catholic friends, young boys living in a, in a Sankok. In, and I, one day I drove there to see if that, where moralist the place is. I couldn't find it, but it was, I know, plus minus. It was behind somebody's yard. They had built a tin shack and this family was living in there. There was no lights. The only light was the little holes in the, in the tin roof that brought some beams in. I can't remember the message I preached. But he was, he, it was an organized meeting. The table was well prepared. <laughs> and the Bible was out. I don't know, I can't remember the choruses. I remember the altar call. They were sitting there. Two and my armor bearer and I was preaching. <laughs> I don't know why that image never leaves my mind. And then I made an altar call. I said, is there anyone here? <laughs> that wants to give their lives to Jesus. Everyone standing, the whole church stand. So they standing. I think that time we were watching Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart was the preacher of those eras. The whole world was watching him. 
So I also learned some of these things. And it took a while before the eldest brother put up his hand. He said he wants to give his life to Jesus. Hey, I was so happy. But I wasn't satisfied. Because there was another younger boy. I guess he was about eight years old. He was also standing there. And his face wasn't looking friendly. And then I used the words of Jimmy Swaggart. I said, is there another one here? The sun is setting. The shadows lengthen. And the harvest is over. But you, you're not yet saved. <laughs> I, uh, I said, don't you want to give your life to Jesus? <laughs> hey, he was standing. Parmantag <laughs> die I said, I'm not closing the service. Till that one comes. <laughs> it couldn't have been my armor bearer. <laughs> it couldn't have been the one whose hand was up already. So this one was standing like this. I said, keep your hands there. So I was getting tired. Then he looked down at his brother and he said, and he knocked him like this. Makama. And eventually the little one said, <laughs> Marie Foss. And I've been preaching ever since. I led them to the Lord. Do you know sometimes I hear that people say, the children play these games in the, in the bedrooms. Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris. And then the one must fall. The people maybe laugh. They think it's, it's like. But I think in the spirit world. There are deep callings. Like if you see Pastor Clint preaching in America. In Nigeria, in Kenya, you see me preaching. I've been invited to preach in Ghana, three cities. They wanted me to come before the conference and then and eventually we said, I can't make it, but I'll come after the conference. The same boy who preached to those two Catholic boys. And Pastor Clint, the armor bearer, is now also traveling around. But now I've been encouraged to preach more by my pastor. He says you must try minimum seven times a week to be standing and teaching the word to some group, some large group, some small group, wherever you must be preaching because there's something in this exercise that I'm doing now. There's something spiritual about it.
Maybe we don't understand it. We, we can't explain it. But it's, it's something is happening. So when the child is playing, he laughs and laughs. But most of the time, you are the stumbling block. I mean, if, 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 if whatever the child has can be, what you call cultivated into becoming a preacher and a pastor, how beautiful! How beautiful! On the mountains are the feet of him. That's how the Bible describes it. It says, the one who preaches and teaches, and who takes the word, it look, look, it can look, soldiers and servants, it can look foolish to the world. Oh, I don't know even how to explain it to you. But something spiritual and heavenly is taking place at that moment. Even your little shell group, maybe their children, maybe... Now in Pastor Charlie's new organization, they are not counted. But the exercise of you being teaching there is a heavenly exercise. It's a godly exercise. And I'm sure you don't see it, but there must be angels also around. Hey! There must be angels there. Because it's godly. Anything godly involves God's agents. It says, how wonderful are the feet of them. That bring good news. How lovely on the mountains. That's the song. Don't you know? Where's Cyril? Play that song. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him. Clinton, it doesn't matter where you've been, how you've fallen. Take the Bible, brother. Take, you must, everybody must have like a real Bible. Give me that Bible. Give me that. Yeah. Must have a Bible. Look, this has got no cover, but it's a Bible. Get the children from the street. Make them sit down. Say, come for a few minutes. I want to preach. You can, you can catch them with knickknacks, biscuits. Anything is also part of salvation. I went to the Baptist. Uh, the Baptist came to, to Eitzig many years ago. With a white tent, a very small tent. But they gave Mari biscuits and Anma cool drink. We went every day for the Mari biscuit and the Anma. But before they gave it, they made us sit down. Hey! And they started to teach us the word of God. It was from that Baptist Sunday school that I learned about Elijah and Elisha. The Baptists don't actually... That time they don't believe in the manifestation of the Spirit like we believe. But they taught us this thing. Can you believe it? That Elisha got the anointing from Elijah. But they, I remember the teachers they taught. We sat still. When big people don't want to hear the word of God, teach it to the children. Start your ministry like I started mine. A difficult. Find the difficult and the Bible and the armor bearer. Shut up yourself. 
There's so many human beings in this world. And there'll be three at least that will sit and listen to you. Yeah. You'll teach them the Bible. Pastor, how? What must I do? How? Look at the books to help you. You can even say, ah, let me learn. Oh, point one, point two, point three. This is going to be my sermon. How to be born again. How lovely are the mountains are the feet of him. He doesn't know that song. Who brings good news? Good news. Announcing peace. Proclaiming news of happiness. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Where's Mauricia? Do you know it? Do you know it? What key are we in? Is it a good key? Play it again. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him. Hallelujah. Who brings good news? Good news announcing peace, proclaiming news of happiness. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. God reigns. Our 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 God reigns. Stand to your feet for a minute. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord. Listen, listen. Wait, 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 wait. Just wait a minute, mother. Wait a minute, sister. Develop the gift. Develop the gift of teaching. Teaching the word of God. Give yourself. 
neglect not the gift that is in thee. It was given to thee. By prophecy. By prophecy. With the laying on of hands. Keep thyself holy. Teach. Once a week. Seven times a week, develop the gift. Work on the gift. Find many opportunities to teach, to preach. And although people might think you are foolish, because preaching is foolishness to them that believeth not. But to us who believe, it is the power of God. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to bring to light the gospel of Jesus Christ. And though the world may mock you, laugh you, oh servants, the Lord says in the prophetic book, how lovely on the mountains. Oh, how lovely on the mountains, on the feet of him. Who brings the good news? Who brings the good Cell leaders, connect group leaders, go and preach the word. Go and preach the word. Neglect not the gift. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Neglect not the gift. Proclaim the good news. Set yourself up. Set yourself up. Your own meetings, your own ministry, set it up under the authority of the church and go and preach win the lost at any cost win the lost bring them in bring them in because our God reigns yes our God reigns our God reigns lift your hands one more time Now say it with me. How lovely on the mountain. Something supernatural happens when you preach and teach. You don't need a feeling. You don't need an atmosphere. God is there with you. When you are preaching His word and teaching.
proclaiming news of happiness. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Sing it. Our God reigns. But you could almost think maybe because Pastor Chris has done it a lot, like he's really worked hard at it. But it is not. It is it's the it's the combination of the gift and the constant doing of it. In other words, work on the gift that is given to you. Neglect not the gift. You have the gift to teach. So continue teaching. Set up ways to teach. Set up places to teach. Don't wait for you to be. Holier than thou, or maybe perfect. You'll never be perfect, man. You'll have many issues and problems in your life, but the gift of teaching and the anointing connected to teaching the word of God to people will make you have beautiful feet. God's protection will be upon you. God, God will look down on you as one of His agents and His servants. And God's headquarters will never leave you in danger. No. You come to announce peace, proclaiming news of happiness. Yes, the world may laugh at us and think, what foolishness is this? Small groups all over, small groups here, there. Teaching, teaching, teaching. Sitting around, gathering. But our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. 
how God reigns. How God reigns. Take your seats for a moment. Preach and teach the word of the Lord. Preach and teach. Hallelujah. A servant armed and dangerous does not neglect the gift that God has given him. The servants must develop loyalty. Number six. Must develop loyalty. Pastoral work has to do with leading people and guiding them into God's will. But people have a tendency to become disloyal. The evil spirits in the atmosphere constantly influence people to rebel against God and His servants. But many pastors and leaders don't have an understanding of this subject. I was talking to Pastor Kaiser yesterday and he told me how much he invested in the first church they had was laden or somewhere. How they went to fetch people, nurtured them, developed them from nothing. And now those people just eventually left. Couldn't stay loyal. So many. One of the greatest battles we fight, and I think the enemy, I almost swear the devil sometimes, he knows it. You know, all your energy. Look, if you look at when I said, who's here for the first time? You see the amount of hands. In the last camps, we were 180, 160, 200 people. So it means, where's all those people gone? investment loyalty is something that the enemy knows is so critical for church growth that it's almost like under the radar but it's it's an, a wonderful demonic effect making people not go far not far not far not far Plus, many of the things I've told you, the consciousness, trying to be godly, using the gift in you, these are all patterns, but eventually it comes to being loyal. Satan is working on that area. So that even these books, the whole top section of these books, and I'm referring you always to the books, is, is on the intense, deep study of loyalty and disloyalty. One book couldn't be enough, so they was added one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And even more is being written. On a subject so vitally important. Because look, if they tell you how many people that they've got and how many people. 
that they've worked and how many people they've brought. Even me, if I tell you all the people and have a look at all the investment I've done in people. And eventually you just say, ah, what's funny? Because it is demonic, you see. Demonic is, is anti-loyalty. You can't be. And you will never build a large ministry unless you have a lot of loyal people helping you. Isn't it true? And the understanding of this loyalty must be deepened. If you want to be a soldier, armed and trained, you must understand the intricate, deep teachings of loyalty. You must understand it. Even if you have the slightest mind to skip a loyalty conference, it's your biggest mistake in life. Because this is the thing that will destroy you. This is the thing that has built our church and at least saved our church and established our church. Once we started showing the people from the books and the Bible how much this loyalty is in the scriptures to warn us, but the enemy has blinded our eyes so we can't see it. And how the enemy works. My conference is called Unmasking the Devil. How he works, how he works. He's even working right now. So much so that it's sad for me to say next year some of you won't be here. I, 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 I threat to say it. I don't want to say it. I pray it's not like that. But history has taught me some of you will be gone. You can't even think it's you. Huh? I think when Jesus said around the table, one of you, one of you will betray me. What? One of you will go and start to say that he's not a good pastor. Don't listen to him. He's trying to bamboozle the people's minds. This, this, he steals money. He says, you can't almost believe somebody will say that of me. I've never taken anybody's money here. But they will say that of me. It's just how it is. Do you see? It's how it is. I'm not really uh, sad about it. Because I know it's how it is. We invest, we put into you. There were many of you, Zindle, many like you, who come from a place you experience goodness, I'm sure. I don't know at this stage if you feel this is a nice kind of good church and a good past. And, but you, you see, the power of darkness is very strong. And if you, you don't look for Satanism in a witch doctor, or people on the mountain burning a triangle and a sheep's head. It's not there, it's here. It's here amongst us. This is where it is. Affecting the mind. Deceiving you, lying to you. One brother was brought up amongst us from a small child school child everything he received up to his wife he got here in the church his job we organized for him his wife we organized for him he's now doing a research on why we are a demonic church a cultic church and now he's thank God he's free from all this. Can you believe it? You can't almost believe it. Huh? Somebody's got to be crazy.
I mean, it's beyond your understanding. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. The boy had nothing. He came with a big pair of shoes. We brought him to the Lord. He gave his life to Jesus. We nurtured him. We helped him. Finish his school. We helped him with his studies. Got a wife. Married a wife. So many things. Even worked for the church. I helped him to get his car license. You know what we do for people? Set in the loyalty teachings a number of times. Was warned how Satan works. But you see, when you don't follow the full uh, description of what I'm saying, that how you must be spiritual, how you must not mix with this, not mix with that, don't waste your time on Facebook, internet. Rather read your Bible, read spiritual books, pray a lot. If you pray, if you pray, oh, if you pray, oh, get that? If you pray, oh, if you pray, oh, the devil can't get you. If you don't pray, the devil will make mincemeat of you. That's the thing. And I can tell you now already, I can tell you now, one of the greatest problems that we have as believers is the lack of our prayer, our prayer life. Prayer life is probably the greatest weapon against the devil. Jesus kept telling the, the believers, you must pray. Pray lest you enter into. You see, so you didn't pray and you were led into temptation. That's it. Pray that you can stand against all these things. I'm warning you, it's going to come. Yeah. So don't take prayer meetings lightly. Don't. Never make it. You're, never, you're always late. You come in the last part of the prayer meeting. You're standing at the back. Don't take it lightly. Discipline yourself. Because if you don't pray, what will happen? The devil will make mincemeat of you. And that's people who don't pray. They linger on Facebook. They listen to other voices because now you can listen to anybody. And eventually you are taken away. We even teach you. Listen to your father's teaching. It's better. Because there are many teachers, but you need to. Somebody explained it nicely. I don't know. I was One somebody here was explaining to me that there's many teachers, but this is what she wants to listen to. They are playing a track. Maybe you can't hear. Who's playing the track? You. Huh? Uh. Play it. The, the, the one that says, if you don't pray, Satan will make men's Look, listen. Put it a bit softer. I'll tell you now when to live it. You say, what must I say? Just go on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, I've come here today to ask you to save me. From what? Save me from the devil. That's all. Deliver me from evil. If you don't know what to pray, pray the prayers that Jesus taught you to pray. Say, deliver me from all evil. Lead me not into temptation. Forgive me of my sins. As I forgive others that have also trespassed against me. 
Let's pray. Go on your knees, you pray. Lord, I'm here to pray. I thank you for all that you've done for me. All the blessings I'm experiencing, spiritual and material. I will pray, I will pray. His eyes must be on me so he can see what I'm doing. If, if, if I must give you a reason how somebody that has been reared so well can fall into such a trap, then I would say he didn't pray. I think that's it. It was now they got Wi-Fi. They sit all night, listen to rubbish. One YouTube video takes you to this one, takes you to this one. Oh, you can, oh, look here, ah, oh, look here. Ah, little bit of cars, I like this cars. Oh, little bit of, oh, pornography, little bit here. Oh, here's a guy talking about why speaking in tongues is not in the Bible. Let's listen to this, sir. Hey, what happened to you? Loyalty is an important subject. And the enemy has succeeded to tell everybody. If they teach you loyalty, they are culto. Any church who teaches loyalty is a cult. Satan wants you to believe that, you see. So you can never be loyal. You'll be a wandering spirit. Like the devils, the Bible says, when the demons are cast out of you, they wander in the desert, in the dry places. They wander. You'll be a wanderer like Cain. He was cursed with wandering. You can't be in the church. Because your problem is not really without church. Your problem is the, de the devil deceiving you as, as the first point in your journey of destruction. So it starts by you look, you think maybe it's an issue with the church. It's a church. It's not this. You're only on the start of your journey to nothingness. That's why these voices that used to sing here, they are not heard anymore. They're not like singing on other churches or in Facebook or on YouTube. No, there's nothing. It's gone. I can't overexert myself in trying to warn people. I can only warn as much as I can. But if you don't want to listen, that would be my fault. Understand? If you don't want to listen, you can feel. I don't think anybody can. But I said, Billy Graham said he's never met any man that accepted the Lord Jesus as his Savior and regretted it. Do you see what I'm saying? As I regret going there. I regret receiving the Lord as my Savior. No man. Anyway, say loyalty. After I read all these books, I came to a, to a saying that, that I designed myself. And I, my saying is this, that loyalty and the teachings of loyalty is more important than anybody has ever told you. I say, oh no, pastor. They've told me it's important. I'm telling you, it's more important than anybody has ever told you. Because in those, those top structure books, I really think if you want to be a genuine armed and trained soldier, if I must choose one row, I say take the top row. You see Satan. 
Because there you see Satan. You unmask him. And you see, one of the, the, the strategies of warfare, if you know your enemy, you can defeat him in a million battles. That is Satan right there. Unmasked, brother. Unmasked. Unmasked. If you can see him, you can defeat him. That's why good generals, uh, they look, they study the enemy. Say, he's going to attack like this, he's going to attack like this. This is his strong trend. This is his weakness. We'll attack him in his weakness. Strategies of war. Warfare strategies. It's used even in sports. Football teams, they watch. Say, Liverpool's going to play Chelsea on Saturday, Sunday. It's the, FA, it's the something cup final. So what they do, they watch Chelsea's last three games. Not the, the game we beat you or we drew. Right? So we watch the last three games because this is how the this is how strong they are now. They analyze. They say, okay, this is their strength, that is their strength. But here's a weakness. They keep making this mistake. We'll attack them there. The manager there's a whole group must sit and work it's war. We must do the analyze. That's it. So what the managers do, they don't say who's playing and who's not playing. It's all a trick. Oh, this one is injured, that one is injured. We're not sure if he's going to make it, you see. Because why? Because when they do the analyze, they say, okay, we're going to stop Salah here. No, but Salah is not playing. Oh, so what now? And then the day before the game, they say, sorry, Salah recovered, he's playing. Aye, but our strategy, we practice all the time thinking he's not playing. It's a warfare. Deception and delusions and lying and so that's why the teams there's a lot of football fans here the teams they have the right not to release the squad until one hour before the game it's only for TV right one hour so I mean if you hear in an hour's time this is fun it's too late it's too late it's too late it's too late and I have a feeling it's what we are going to do with you. Yeah. It's a Chelsea fan. Yeah. They say Salah's injured. Nunes is injured. Ah, he's a strategy. Because I already showed them training. If they're in the training squad, there's a 100% possibility they'll be in the team. So, so you'll hear the manager say, ah, now because of all our injuries, we're the underdogs. It's, then the other one says, listen, that thing that he's saying, is all tricks, oh. It's all tricks. We are the underdogs. No, we are the underdogs. No, we are the underdogs. We want to like, we feel weak. It's also mentally, it's, you don't understand this. It's a mental, mental thing. It's like, if we are, no, we are weak. So, so you, you, you should win us actually, you know. So there's even more pressure that, because they are the underdogs, we should win. So let's attack them. But we want you to attack because when you attack, we got the gap on the left side there. It's more than just a game of blue and red. It's a strategic warfare. Hmm? Your understanding of loyalty must be deepened. Say amen. The principles that govern human behavior. Now you can play again. You can take warfare. Or you can take the song. 
The principles that govern human behavior and the creation of a loyal following must be studied in earnest. The principles that govern human behavior must be studied in earnest. You must have at least servants. You must have at least, if not a deep knowledge, a superficial knowledge of these principles. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say, I'm a bitchy fit man. Then simply frightening people with warnings about this loyalty will not make people loyal. No. Like I can tell you now about this, he won't steal. Raining curses on people if they dare to be disloyal will also not make them loyal. A basic characteristic of the devil is a fearless lack of respect. Are you listening? A fearless lack of respect. That's why many churches or many uh, demonic agents, human beings are demonic agents. Your mother and your father can be a demonic agent. Your auntie, especially if she's got some uh, Bible school studies, they say, Nibe daiker, demonic agent, demonic agent is a lack of respect. Fearless lack of respect. So they don't like it when you talk about honor. They hate the message of honor because it's almost like we're teaching you to respect. Honor, honor means a high level of respect. Stand to your feet, everybody. What does honor mean? Say it again. Yeah, there's two words, respect and honor. But if you use the word honor, I honor you. I respect all of you, but I don't honor all of you the same. Huh? But honor is like, hi. Say if Lafoy comes in here now, I won't just continue talking. But Brandon walked in there with a the camera, I just continue talking. But if Lafoy comes, I give him a higher level of respect. I honor him difference. It's the difference between men. You see? So we teach this as a basic principle. Open that door, please. I see some people very tired. I don't want to shoot you with water so early in the morning. Yeah, so that they can help you. If you're cold, then you've got to move one to two chairs back. But the people are sleeping here. Is that right? Not you, no? You were listening. Satan is fearless in his disrespect. See? So he doesn't want you to learn that. Then people will come with all types of stories. Satan makes me very angry. And he knows that many of our people are stupid so they can easily bamboozle them. So Satan has no respect for authority. And the spirit of rebellion does not care who you are or what rank you have. It fearlessly challenges authority and inspires traitors to rise against the highest kind of leader. You must study loyalty. Say after me, I must study loyalty. And then you must also become a loyal person yourself. Are you with me? You must study loyalty. It's more important than anybody ever told you. 
the study of loyalty. Say maybe you can make a, like, like a something, a meme. You know the meme, what do you call it? Make something, yeah. The study of loyalty is more important than anybody ever told you. Don't be fooled to think it's only a small aspect of Christianity. No, no, no. The devil has no respect for authority. No respect. No respect. Hmm? You must develop loyalty. You must develop styles of leadership that engender loyalty. Teachings that introduce knowledge about loyalty. Warn the people about this loyalty. Listen to 1 Timothy 6.20. 1 Timothy says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. Avoiding profane and vain babblings. Avoiding profane and vain babblings. Servants armed and dangerous must develop the ability to be examples. You must be an example. Amen. Let no man despise you. Use 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no man despise, but be an example. 1 Timothy 4.12. Be an example. Be what? An example. It's more important than just teaching the word of God. You as a leader must be an example to the people. Are you hearing me? You don't want your people to come late, so why do you come late? You don't want your people to miss meetings, but you miss the meetings. What type of leader are you? People learn more from your example than from the teachings you give them. And the pastor is under scrutiny. Your marriage will be under scrutiny. The people watch you. They observed you. I didn't know this, but the people are interested in many things of the pastor. Even the car he drives. It's an interest to people. They ask, what type of car does the pastor drive? Where does the pastor live? Isn't that some of the questions? When I get to uh, a Leiden, uh, to Kolib, uh, to, to, to Zion, then those little kids from Leiden, they always ask me, Pastor, where do you live? Is your house big? You know, the children, no, they, 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 they say what they think. You, you think, but you don't say it. But the children, they say, is your house big? Uh, how many rooms do you have in your house? Do you have a swimming pool? They ask me all these questions. <laughs> when can we go to your house? Because a pastor must live an example. People are watching you. Oh yes. What does he eat? When, when I first met Bishop Dag, I was always interested in even the foods he eats. You know? Does he drink Coca-Cola? Does he? Then he always warns us not to drink so much drinks. And, but occasionally he also drinks. And I, I was blessed to be close. But I'm just saying that it's almost like I'm not, I'm not ignorant when we are eating. I want to see, what does he eat? You want to, you, you, you. A, a pastor is, an, is watched carefully. Let no man despise you. Who are his friends? Where does he get money from? 
Why do people scrutinize you like that? Many are looking for an opportunity to criticize you. And then the other people want to follow you. Amen. Someone to criticize you. Someone to follow. I hope you're not here to criticize. Ask your neighbor, are you here to, follow, to criticize or to follow? Develop the art of being a good example. Amen. Develop the art of being a good example. Some people want to follow the pastor's hairstyle. I can't believe it. I saw some pastors, they want to have uh, like gladahara, but they don't. They, they, their hair texture is not like that. So they grease it and they iron it and they, it's amazing. There's even one pastor, the people call him disrespectfully, Pastor Hara. Have you heard such a term before, Pastor Hara? Oh, Pratifan Hara. Like if you mention the pastor, they say Pratifan Hara. Who've heard that before? You've not heard it before? Hmm. The dressing is important. That's why my children taught me that I must now dress more for the young people so that they can also see that I, I can flow with them and trip with them. So I bought these expensive stuff. They're just lying in my cupboard. I really don't like them, but occasionally I have to put them on. Do you know? The drip. Why? Because people are looking carefully at the pastor. What are you wearing? What is this? What is that? My wife must sometimes guide me and say, you can't go with slippers. I'm always walking with slippers. I don't like shoes, to be honest. If I get home, I take off my shoes. I like bare feet. My, I breathe through my feet. Like I can't lie with my, my feet under a blanket. My feet must stick out. I breathe. I breathe through my feet. I'm always trying to be without shoes. But then my wife says, no, 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 no. You're the pastor. You must wear something so the people can. The people are watching you, isn't it? And then you see, look, you're, you're calling as a leader, as a servant, armed and trained. Will not allow you certain privileges. You must make some sacrifices. Like I'm, now I can't walk barefoot like I want. So I'm sacrificing a little bit in a shoe. And I must wear jeans. If I would choose, I would wear short pants. I love short pants. You can ask my wife. I don't like this warm stuff. I'm, I can't take it. But I suffer. Tomorrow morning is what? Funeral. I must put on a suit. I hate suits. But for the sake of my ministry, I must do it. I must pay a price, a little sacrifice. I can't go to all types of parties. Run around when people are fighting. No, I just have to watch from a distance. Slatom! Stan Clinton. But they can't mean it. There's no never means. Allah said, need come vote. People watch you. You're an example. Be an example to the believers. 
the way you dress, ladies. Nice. No more short skirts attracting men. No. Cover you lively. We have nice t-shirts. Get these t-shirts. John 3.16. Lord, I know you need somebody. You can't go to nightclubs. You can't go to these places anymore. You must pay the price. See? Can't. Some of our people in our church, they didn't want to do that. They still went to this. Then they, they've got this new thing. That's, it's like not a club. It's between a disco and a club. It's, it's in between. They call it so, so it's a hybrid. Yeah. Nee, die mense eet daar. Maar as jy, jy lieg, die mense syp daar. And they also go, and those people, they lost their salvation. All of them. They lost it. They lost it. And then you get a lot of our young musicians, Cape Town musicians, who play in these places. Because they say they must earn money. We must earn money. So they go and they use this church's skills. They play on these nightclubs. What an example are you? In word and in deed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then lastly, you must develop an all-out attitude all out attitude if you want to be a good servant armed and trained you will have to go all out Pastor Charlie is going to apply the pressure very soon on the cell groups and connect groups we're going to be sending people and say Tips, go start the connect group stop traveling all the way to where do you stay? Can't you start a group? Can't you do this? Can't you? Then you must now practice all these principles we taught you. Yeah, I must get a place. Get some chairs. Pastor Charlie is even designed like a cell group kit. We have these chairs that you can pack together with your light for load shedding. What else? Your Bluetooth speaker. It's a whole story. You're going to start a church like I started when I was 14 years old with my first two converts and my difficult. You can do it. Yes. It, the, the, let the Lord put a desire in your heart to do it. And the more you teach, like I said now, even if you don't teach well, you teach broken, it's okay. The more you do it, you develop the gift, the better you'll become. I made a lot of mistakes when I first started preaching. I remember saying the words, be attitude wrong. And then somebody corrected me after the service. I said, no, it's not what I said, beauty tides or something. He said, no, it's be attitudes. Then one day I said something about a book. Oh, I said, I said something about the centurion. That was a centurion means a hundred. But then I confused the centurion. What is the other Roman soldier? With legion. Centurion, legion. The legion is over 6,000. The centurion is over 100. And I made that mistake. So you make some mistakes. Then somebody will tell you after the service, uh, you got that wrong. It's, it's not always nice, but alright. You must be humble enough. Say, ah, sorry man, sorry. Now when I was small, 
What was nice about our house, my mother had this church services every night. So every child got the chance to preach. You know? And then when you make mistakes, my mother would correct you. So no, it's not this, it's that. I remember when I was small, I preached about and then the disciple walked and the beloved disciple on the beach. You walked, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I said, it was Peter. My mother said, no, 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 it's John. You know it now because you're big. I'm talking about when I was a boy, 12 years old, preaching. How would I know it was Peter <laughs> or John? But after I was helped, then I, now, now I know forever. John was the beloved. Peter was the rock. So I'm telling you, look, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Go preaching, teaching. Go out preaching, teaching. You can do it. You don't have to be a flamboyant preacher or speaker. You don't have to say your head is for decoration, your feet is for transportation. You don't need any of that rhymes. You just say, let us pray. Bow your heads, please. Let us pray. And I'm reading from John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then you say, today, say after me, today, today. I have a very short but important message to bring to all of you. Get used to that line. Because number one, people don't like to sit long. These people are influenced by devils and demons. Don't sit long. Number two, although it's short, it's very important. Then you've done well. You've almost through. You, 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 one quarter through your sermon. You've read it. You've prayed. Let us pray. And you say, turn your Bibles to John. You read. Then you say, today, I have a very short, but a very important message to bring to all of you. Is it wonderful? Can you say, in the beginning was the word. Oh, this word I'm talking about is actually a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. He was in the beginning with God. Ah! So how could it be that he came through the womb of Mary? You see, this is very holy things and divine things. And you small children might not understand it. But it was actually Jesus who was the word of God in the beginning with God. And when he came to earth, he came to dwell amongst men. He came unto us his own, but his own received him not. But as many of you as receive him today, you can become children of God. Wouldn't you like to be a child of God? Anybody here that wants to be a child of God, put up their hand. Or do you want to be a child of Satan? Okay, those that want to be children of Satan, put up your hand. And those that want to be... So if you want to be a child of God, let me pray for you. Because the Bible says, as many as call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. 
So I'm going to help you to call on the name of the Lord. Pray this prayer after me. Stand to your feet. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I'm sorry for my sins. Please save me. Wash me. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I believe that you came to earth to die for me. And on the third day, you rose again. Because I believe in you. Today, I am saved. Clap for Jesus. Then you say, before we go, I have here in my wonderful cooler bag a biscuit for all of you. And I've got uh, my sachet of Kool-Aid. Is there any water here in the kitchen that we can make some drink? Wonderful. I tell you next week, your home will be full. Then you say, next week, you must come again. We'll meet at the same place. But you must bring, everyone must bring a friend along. Alright? Bring at least one friend, because I only have two Kool-Aid bags here. If you bring more, then I must get more biscuits. But I'll have enough for everybody. Do I see you next week? Wonderful. Oh, but Sunday is church at Zion. I'm coming to fetch you. You're all waiting on this corner for me. By what time? What's the best time? Alright. Do you need to ask your parents? Okay, let me go with you to your parents' house. Let's walk. Let's all walk together. Um, we're first going to Jonathan's house, then to uh, Peter's house, then to Mary's house. Let me just ask the parents if it's okay if you can come with me to church on Sunday morning. And don't sleep late now, like you normally do here in, 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 in two Gateway. You get up for school, but you always sleep late for church. Now you're also rebuking them. It's good leadership, strong leadership, warfare. Please, but I'll come, we'll come, we'll come and knock on your door. No excuses, no excuses. Your leaders are so weak, your people stay out and you don't even care about them. Any rate, any rate, they say I must finish because the breakfast is waiting. Amen. You must have an all-out attitude. All out. So that you're profiting, my tip. I give you the last scripture before we take a break. 1 Timothy 4, verse 13 and 15. Listen to this. Meditate upon these things. Give attendance to reading, to doctrine. The next verse, 14. Neglect not the gift. That's the one I've been teaching you about. But verse 15. Meditate. Give yourself wholly to them. Then your profiting will appear to all. When you come to church, we see you coming here with seven people walking with you. Your profiting is appearing to us all. Your profiting is appearing to us all. Say, so who are these kids? Now these are my home shell children. These are their names. They're not just numbers. There's the name. It's Mary. It's Joseph. It's Peter. It's Matthew. It's Mark. They're all here. Their profiting is appearing. My profiting is appearing. Amen. One is carrying your Bible. You say, whose Bible is that? No, it's my Bible. He's my little armor bearer. It's my little armor bearer. Hey, you're not just like that though. You're not just like that. Your profiting is appearing. Is it wonderful? Then after church, you say, come, let's go see Pastor Chris. Come, I'm going to introduce you to Pastor Chris. 
And then when you see Pastor Chris, greet him nicely and ask to take a picture. Yeah. You are making a way, you are a way-making pastor. Don't think you must just come sit there. You have so much to do for the Lord. And that soul, I didn't even lead that soul to the Lord. You led that soul to the Lord. And so you will, if you practice it over and over, you later you become a pastor yourself. We'll send you and establish you. Say, you too can now go start the church in Bishop Leavis. We get a little place, we rent it. We get the people together. What you did with a small group, you now just do in a larger capacity. You already have your armor bearer. Your pillars, they are there. I don't think you believe me in this church. I'm going to go and preach. I'm going to go preach in Ghana because they've invited me there. Give yourself holy. Give yourself holy. Sleep about it. Think about it. Fill in your forms. I went here. I prayed for two hours today. I prayed only half 30 minutes today. Ah, I read this book. Fill in the forms. Give it to Pastor Charlie. Don't say, ah, no, these things are too much. Give yourself holy so that your profiting might appear to all. This is what we did, Pastor Charlie. This is the cell group. This is where we are. Mm. These are the people that came. This one couldn't come, but we're going to go now. We're going to go there now to see where he or she is. There'll be a joy. One day, one of the kids will come and say to you, Ah, Pastor, I've got a gift for you. For me? Must I give it to Pastor Chris? No, it's for you, Pastor. Wow. Your sheep, Charlie, your sheep. The brother said of David, Where have you left your few sheep? They, 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 they menachim. They, 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 they treated him with disregard and disrespect. Young people, 12, 13, 14. These are most kids. Yes, they're in, best, they're in the best phases of their lives. Make, make that thing work there. Somebody with intelligence, please. They're in the best phases of their lives. Before the unhappy days come and the pollution of drugs and sex and pornography and evil before it comes bring them to the Lord you young boys I wish I was you have a man stand and teach me these things you can be a great servant of the Lord a pastor a servant arm and friend you too but you need to immerse yourself into the doctrine the books the books the books Loyalty. Loyalty. And then go full out. You know, some boys, every boy dreams of playing for either Manchester or Liverpool. Look, the reality is, if, you don't, if you're not chosen for Bafana under nine, you're not going to make it. Only those boys who already play under nine for Bafana, there's a slight chance of playing in the top Bafana team one day. If you're not selected here, if, you are, if you're 16, 17, you'll never be selected for Bafana. 
And if you can't play for Bafana, how the hell can you play for Manchester United or Liverpool? None of those players in Bafana plays in those top teams. Because you must be better than good to play there. So this dream of, I'm going to give my life to soccer, it's a stupid dream. Only a few people from Chestnut Places are going to come watch you on the stadium. Not even the stadium, the field, see. Seven people know you. Only seven people know you. Hi, a white is quiet. But in the ministry, your profiting will appear to all. There's nothing wrong to play soccer. I'm just saying, I was also a sportsman and I like sports. And we're organizing another game, but we are worried about our centre-back. Because he used to be very fast, but I don't think he can make it anymore. We know sports is not a problem. I'm saying don't give you all in the wrong area. You see? Yeah, play a bit of golf, play a bit of sports, but rather give yourselves to the ministry. Because you can do it for many years. Look now in my church when I find my old soccer friends on the road. Ah, are you Rossi? Harat young. Great soccer player, but what did it bring him? I wake very nappy play. Baby, baby, pup. How does he baby pup, ma? Oh, copper must for me a job organized. Oh, copper. So, give us not for copper, man. I sent the back, man. On OJ, Yarrao was quiet. Yarrao, young. Think about it. Think about it. But where does that bring you? It's nice for a small season, right, Samir? Nobody even knew you. He played professional, isn't it? But nobody here saw you on TV. <laughs> I think you wanted to play for Manchester or what club? What was your dream? Real Madrid? Overseas? I mean, he, he, he now rather looks like Mr. Incredible. <laughs> There's a movie, Mr. Incredible, of a superhero that has... Have you seen it? He's gone past his prime. But when we see him bring the people to church, that is his glory. Not the no, not a football king. He is a pastor that people respect and honor. Oh yes, and they buy him this chocolate. Say, I just wanted to. My mother said, I must give you this chocolate because you're always picking us up for church. Saving human lives. What a great profession. Saving people from the dungeon. Did you guys get me that video of um, William Booth and the drowning and the stuff? Not, huh? Did you find Is it a video? Huh? Can we play it now? Won't it work? Just check with LP about foods and stuff. You talk to me. I need information and signals. 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 They said, if we take long with the eggs, it turns blue. 
Kunne eies eies raak blou in the cape. Ja, hy turns blue. So Be fast about everything I tell you, right? Act with speed. Are you ready? Is the food sorted? They went to find out. Let's not play it in case they now calling us. I'm talking about the ministry and how if you give you all, go all out. Meditate. Give yourself holy. Bishop Dag actually speaks about this. He said, he said, strange. I always thought he was all out. But when he told me the story, I realized he was going to do business. He had a truck. He was delivering stone and sand. You know, and then one day he was praying, lying on a carpet, and the Lord gave him this. He said, it's a blue carpet. He remembers the color. And the scripture came just to him, and the Lord says to him, give yourself all out, and your profiting will appear to all. He said, the first thing he did, he stood up, he took the phone, he told the driver, bring the truck that you are busy with. Stop it now, and park the truck at Labadi. Put for sale on it. I'm finished with this. I'm going to give myself all out. Holy for the ministry. And he's profiting today. I mean, nobody knows him as a truck deliverer. But as one of God's greatest generals in the world. Preaching at the biggest conferences. Invited by Benny Hinn. This one, that one, this one, that one. Across the Caribbean. Sitting in the offices of presidents. Asking them to pray for the land and the country. You're profiting will appear to all. You can work for Eskom, they won't remember you. Oh now, jylle wat Charlie had hier gewerk had, ja. Oh maar die min haare. Do you remember Dr. T? That laughing eye specialist always laughing. They don't remember you. Your room won't remember you no more. But the work of the ministry. Well, people will always remember. And people will honor you. Because with the ministry comes this profiting and honor, beauty, glory. I'm giving you a great secret today. Your profiting will appear to all. Wherever I go, you can see it's like honor. It's like real Oh no, Pastor, you can't sit here. Can't we leave you? When I when I, when I city was there, I could see the two ushers were fighting to take me to the front. Pastor, can I take you to the front seat? Can 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 I have the privilege to take you to the front? I said, no problem, let's go. So he told the other. You alone are my strength, Lord, my shield. To you alone, may my spirit You alone are my heart's desire. You alone are my heart's desire. How I long to worship you. Sing it again. You alone. And you alone are my strength. 
spirit yield you alone you alone are my heart and I think Pastor Chris Ross shared very well he explained the message very well so I think I'm going to ask him to share every day you know the Archbishop brought the prophet and I'm also bringing you <laughs> so you, you, you explain the, the word very nicely to all of us Amen Thank you for listening to this message For more messages of Pastor Chris tune in to Chris Ross Ministries podcast Remember, faith cometh by hearing